0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. What an amazing, you know, past 10 weeks it's been. Uh, we've, we've experienced so much together over the past 10 weeks, right? Um, just hearing God's Word and seeing what it is that he's showing us and how he's leading us, celebrating, man, I'm still not over the happy feelings of the high five, five five-year anniversary. Man, it was just such an exciting time, and as we built up to the five years, and now these few weeks after our five-year anniversary, we've been having this one theme, this one focus, and that is 2020, 2020. We've been saying that as we get, can you believe we're almost to the year 2020? I mean, that used to sound like a science fiction movie or something, right? But we're almost, we're just a couple of months away from being in the year 2020. And we felt like God was saying, as you get to the year 2020, just before we get there, I'm going to give Encounter Church 2020 vision, right? And we've been focusing and talking around a lot of different topics about, uh, you know, just a clear vision of Christianity itself, a clear vision of disciple-making, a clear vision of revival, a clear vision of how to use the name of... We've talked about so many different things, and today is going to be our final, 10th and final, some of you probably happy, like, finally, we're going to move on to something else, right? But our 10th and finale message of 2020 and today You guys, we're going to get a clear vision of community. Everybody say community. Community. I just want to quickly review last week. How many of you were here and enjoyed um, as we ate together and studied about this word, this Greek word? Who remembers last Sunday? Everybody say oikos. Oikos, we learned last Sunday, is the word in the New Testament. Every time you see in the New Testament the word house. Home, household, family, right? And literally the word oikos in Greek, so in, in, in the Bible, refers to everybody that is in your sphere of influence or your circle of friends you could call it your social circle people that you and I we engage on a regular basis people that you basically do life with not just those that live under the same roof as you but those you go to work with those you go to school with those that you encounter and engage on a regular basis in the supermarket at the gas station at the coffee shop people that you know and they know you okay Uh, And we talked about it It could even be that that, that your favorite waitress at your favorite restaurant, right? People that observe your life on a regular basis. That's our oikos. And we learned basically in a nutshell last Sunday's, I'm saying all this because you got to grab a hold of this to get into this one, all right? In a nutshell, last Sunday's message was this. God's plan and intention is for the gospel to infect you and subsequently spread to everyone around you your oikos, Oikos, and then subsequently to everyone around them their oikos, Oikos, which brings us today to the title of our message that, yes, before I even tell you, it has a double meaning, and it's a play on words. Everybody say cross-pollination. I'm going to say it in a little different tone. Cross pollination. Cross pollination. Cross. Yes, we're going to talk about cross pollination. No, not we're not going to have a class on on you know a a, whatever a horticulture class today. But we're going to talk about more on the spiritual side what cross pollination looks like. But almost absolutely. The thing that we want to cross-pollinate in our oikos and in our city and in our world, what we want to be communicated more than anything else is the message of the cross, right? So say cross-pollination, cross-pollination. All right. For this today, we're just going to have one passage, and it's going to be in Acts chapter 2. So if you want to go ahead and get ready for Acts chapter 2. Uh, Most of you probably just follow along on the screen. I'm going to get there in a minute. But if you want to look it up in your Bible. But before we read it, I need to give you some very important um, history, some very important background. All right? Um, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is the moment in history, the moment in church, where Jesus had just, obviously he'd gone to the cross, he'd died, been buried in the, and put in the tomb, he'd risen from the grave, and he was about to ascend back to the Father, right? And he told his disciples something very important, and that was that they weren't yet to go out and fulfill the Great Commission, that first they needed to wait on something or someone actually. What was it? Jesus had promised, you're going to be baptized. You've been baptized in water, but I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is going to come, and when he comes, he's going to give you power to be my witnesses, right? So that we can not only be disciples, but we can go and spread the message of the cross and make disciples. And he told them, wait in Jerusalem. Now, just so happens that as they were waiting, um, the time came For a very special festival in Israel. How many of you know what that festival was called? Pentecost, All right, Pentecost. You heard the word Pentecostal, right? We call churches Pentecostal, but really it just comes from what happened in Acts chapter 2. But Pentecost was a very special festival where the people, the Jewish people, would come together at the end of the harvest season. And they would celebrate with great gratitude the harvest, right? You all with me? And so for the festival of Pentecost, people would come from all over and they would gather in Jerusalem, okay? So what would happen is that people would come from all the different regions around having different languages, different skin tones, different even cultural values and practices, and they would all come together for this one purpose at Pentecost And that was to celebrate the goodness of God and and, and the harvest, okay? And so this is the setting for when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. It was this very, I mean, the town was electric. It was alive. Jerusalem was hopping, all right? They were celebrating the harvest. They were there for the festival of Pentecost. And it wasn't just a bunch of people that looked the same and talked the same. It was people from all over that even spoke different languages all together to celebrate. And all of a sudden, in the beginning of Acts chapter 2, who shows up on the scene? Holy Spirit, right? He comes, and he doesn't come subtly. He comes, the Bible describes it basically as a hurricane on the outside that comes into the room where they are. It says a rushing mighty wind comes. And everybody that's there waiting, praying together in the upper room... They're filled. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in all these other languages and tongues. And then the people start to gather because they hear the noise. I think they heard the wind and they heard the tongues and all this stuff. And people gather and they begin to hear everybody speaking in tongues. But some ama- this amazing miracle happens. Everybody, the different ones of them, could understand different ones of the disciples speaking different languages. So it was tongues and interpretation of tongues right there, Okay. So, what does it have to do with anything? The point is, when this happened, when Holy Spirit showed up, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, immediately, they did something. Not only did they receive the baptism, not only did they get the power, but something happened. And this is what's happened. Are you ready for it? They formed a community. They formed a community. Not only did they form a community, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out, about 3,000 people in one day confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. So their community went from being a few hundred to 3,000 and a few hundred, right? Just like that. And it wasn't just, again, any community. It was a very diverse community community because that community was formed through the festival of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. Are y'all following along? In a minute, you're going to see why this is so important. They formed a vibrant, diverse community when the Holy Spirit was poured out and something amazing began to happen. Come on, everybody say cross-pollination. Let's read it. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read, because sometimes when we read a scripture, it's good to read a couple of different translations so we can wrap our mind around it, okay? So I'm going to read from the ESV, and then we're going to read the Passion Translation. These scriptures right here. Are you ready? You guys ready to follow along? All right, here we go. And they devoted themselves. Who? who? We're talking about this community, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And this is my favorite part of all of that scripture. And it says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. How cool is that? This is what you call revival. That's what you call. That is a picture of true revival right there. Is it all right if we read the Passion Translation? We're going to read through that same passage in the passage. I just want you to see this today in your mind, all right? Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion, and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. This is wonderful. That is Revival. Come on, say cross-pollination. You know, I don't want you to be nervous because if you're taking a look, I I encourage you to look at your bulletin. No, we are not going to preach a 15-point sermon today, I promise. That is a 15-word description that we're going to get to at the end before we close, all right? But today, there's just one point, one point in this message today that I want all of us to grab a hold of, and let it transform our mind and our lives. And this is the point today. You need community to be fruitful. I need community to be fruitful. And as we note in the scriptures and in every community in society, this is very important small groups are the building blocks of every larger community small groups even in let's say our American society we have the American culture built uh, let's even bring it down we have a, a city or a town that's comprised of small groups we call families right neighborhoods and then families right so small groups in every possible way are the building blocks of community. And to be spiritually fruitful, in order to be successful and fruitful as a disciple of Jesus, there's no way around it. You and I need community. Come on, say community. Now, Liz had a very cool revelation a couple of weeks ago when we went on our we call it adventure day every Monday with our kids and she's gonna come help me preach the next part of this message all right everybody give Liz a welcome
1: thank you guys I get to use a pastoral ipad we, we, after 11 years, we finally have become one. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, like th- two or three weeks ago, we went to the orchard. Orchard, right? It's a hard word orchard. for me. Orchard, yes. And I have a picture. Uh, of the orchard we went and it's like an apple orchard and I always like to go and look at the trees because all the fruit that they have it has always been inspiring to me and I think about you know that we're called to to bear fruit and if we are um, connected to the vine we will produce fruit and so I always go and like and, and like to go see what it looks like to be a tree full of fruit you know, because you you don't see that in a daily, you know, wherever where I live, you don't see that. You know, like in our neighborhood, but when when we go out and we see, and it's always it's always appealing to me um, how it looks for a tree to be full of fruit, because then it inspires me. Like, man, this is how my life should look like, yeah. you know, full of fruit. And for some reason, God. Oh, I mean, trees always talk to me. Like, God always uses trees to talk to me a lot, and. And, and so I, I'm there, and I'm walking, and I'm like, yeah, this is how it looks to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. I want to have fruit in my life, you know. And, and, and something that has to do with, well, why do you want to have fruit, you know, because that's part of who we are. You know, God created us with the ability of multiply and to, and to, and to, and to produce fruit. And Hunter's going to talk a lot about what fruit is. But, like, if I think in my family, you know, I am feeding my family with the fruit that I have. And I've, I'm feeding my, my church and my friends. You know, people are coming and eating from this fruit. And I feel like I need to be careful what fruit I'm producing. I need to be careful, you know, what am I pro- giving to my family, you know. So, so I'm walking there and I'm inspired. And then when we went to the little store thing that they have where you buy everything, um, they had a, like a, a diagram of how does an uh, apple orchard works and it was the process of cross pollination so many of you don't know but i went to an agricultural high school type of thing so i was to me of my high school days so i was telling anna hey let, let's read this i was telling anna no, let me let me explain to you how this happens So well, I am like going through the diagram, you know, it talks about you first plant a seed and then it grows. And then sometimes I take the little trees and put them in this orchard. And then, you know, um, then they start growing. And then uh, something that caught my attention is like they have to have different kinds of trees, not the same apple tree. And then the bees take the pollen and then they get, you know, and then the flower and then the fruit and all that. So while I'm like reading all that, I I feel like the Lord like spoke to me and said, hey, Liz, like it is good that you want to produce this fruit, but you need other people in order to produce fruit. So I was like, wow, you know, I never thought of it about that way. So I want to show you the the other pictures, the one that has lots of trees, the ones that you see like more trees. So. You know, and, as, and, and it's healing, and you can see in the hills more. So I look at all those trees, and I felt like God's saying, like, you can produce. If you want to produce a crop that is going to feed a lot of people, that is not just like, hey, my tree produced three apples this year. You know, that if you want to produce a crop to, to make an impact, yes. you know, to feed a city, a town, you know, or hundreds of people, you need to be in a community you need to be with more people because in reality what I was reading about cross-pollination is they need the pollen of different trees in order to produce this fruit and you know and you know what was even more more appealing to me or what I was like that's right they had to be different varieties of trees you cannot just plant the same apple the same kind of apple tree because that's the one you like no you need to have different varieties you know, you had to have a female and a male, and, and it's more. I mean, I could stay here to explain to you, but they had to have different varieties in order for cross-pollination to happen. Right. Right. So I felt like the Lord spoke to me. We, trees need each other to produce fruit. So we need each other to produce bountiful fruit. Amen. You know, and then I've been reading more because I was... Um, um, If we want to go to the picture, the other two pictures, you know, Oliver, and then the other picture of Anna, as I was telling you, people are eating from our our fruit. Your family is eating from your fruit. And I always have this sense of responsibility of what fruit am I producing. And maybe you're here, and you're a college student, and you're like, "Uh, nobody eats from my fruit. No, you know what? Your friends are eating from your fruit. But let me tell you, one day you're going to be a dad. One day you're going to be a mom. One day maybe you're going to be put in a position of leadership. One day maybe you're going to become a scientist. I don't know what God's called you to do, but you need to start working on that right now. You need to start working and in, 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 in producing the good fruit for the impact that you're gonna, you want to have. So diversity of trees produces more and better fruit. And this is one point. Don't run from what looks different than you. Sometimes I see that it's really hard for people to get planted or to be planted in a church or in a small group because you cannot find a group that fits you because it looks different than you the age group is different the culture is different the background is different and we find ourselves saying I have nothing in common with this people so I don't want to be part of it but without difference there's not gonna be much fruit without like a change without like getting out of your comfort so there's not gonna be a crop of fruit you know, I even research if I want to plant an apple tree in my house, you know, I need to have two varieties. I cannot just have the one I like because there are very small chances that I'm going to produce fruit. And then uh, as I was talking to my dad that he's an agricultural engineer, there are even ways like maybe if you have three or four and you scatter them around, it's, be- it's, it's better, you know, because there's more uh, cross like pollination and contamination what they call but it's really like sharing pollen so we cannot run from something that looks different than us because our mind nowadays tells us oh it's different it's uncomfortable that's not for me but it's actually those places that we grow that is actually those places that we need what people have that definitely we don't have that's what makes sense and we can share and we can cross pollinate you know, so then we can have a crop. So I was reading, if you want to have enough fruit, even if you want to plant in your house an apple tree, you cannot just plant one apple tree and you'll have even apples for your household. You at least need to have two. And I feel like in our church, has us to produce a crop because we need to influence uh, people around us and first for our families. And you know, and I think about fruit is so important to me because even as I was talking to Anna last night, we were talking about reading the Bible and she's telling me, you know, I don't know how to share the gospel with my friends. I'm not very brave to just walk and like tell people. So my, fr- and she really wanted to, but she hasn't been able to and kids are, they're teaching them and she told me, I need the, go- the, 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 the shoes of the gospel. That's what I need, but I don't know how. So my, my response is, hey, don't worry, I'm going to show you how. Right. Yeah. I'm going to show you how. So I feel like the Holy Spirit says that is she's eating from the fruit that you're producing. So if you're someone that's walking and sharing the gospel, let, let me show you. You know why our fruit is important. Does it make sense? And I just don't want to feel my, feel, feel my family like two tiny little pale apples. You know, hey, this is all you got because I'm not willing to get out of my comfort zone and get planted and be okay in being with people that are different than me, that look yes. different than me, that are older and younger than me. I am here to get planted because I want to produce a crop. Can you bring me my little tree? Okay, so this is not an apple tree, but you have to use your imagination, right? Because um, this is a little tree. I don't even know what kind it is. Yes. You know, I've never been to an orchard and seen potted trees. Line up. I've only gone and seen trees that are planted and I feel sometimes in our churches in this church and just in church in general you know there are a lot of people that come but they don't get planted because they're just testing the water and it's okay you had to test it you know I'm not saying go and get planted in the first place you visit but like But after trying and trying and testing and testing, you know, they don't get planted because they don't want to let go of control. Does that make sense? Because when a tree is planted in an orchard, a tree has no control. The gardener, you know, the people that take care of. And you know what? The tree doesn't even have control of the pollination. The bees do the job. I never see a tree moving. Oh, it's coming this way. No, the bees are going that way. Well, you know, that tree looks better. I'm going to go that way. That's where I'm going because I, no, 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 And I feel like the, the bees represent the Holy Spirit. He does the job. And the gardener or the orchard keeper, I don't know how you call it. <laughs> he takes care of taking care of the tree, pruning the tree that needs to be pruned. You know, trees don't prune each other. Trees don't go and grab pollen from each other. You know, they're just planted. They are planted. So today I feel like a lot of us are like this potted plant. We go to one group, we go to another e-group, we go to a church, we go to another church, we go here because we don't trust the gardener and we don't trust the Holy Spirit to do the job. So you think you can find what's good for you, what's going to nourish you, and you still want to produce good fruit like this. Well, good luck because I'm going to see a lot of leaves but no fruit. So don't get confused by sizes and leaves. Don't get confused by that. Look at the fruit of the tree. This tree has no fruit whatsoever, but it's pretty. But it's not going to feed my family. It's not going to feed my church. It's not going to feed my brothers and sisters. So at some point in your life, you're going to have to make a decision. What kind of crop? Or do you want one apple? Or you want to produce a crop for your family and for people around you? Now... We have an enemy, and the devil, what the devil wants is for you to be isolated. Because when you're isolated in your little pot that you can control, and in reality, you can't even, you know, we can't even control, but anyways, we think we can. Um, we have the enemy, and the enemy wants you to isolate. The enemy, you know, like, we are human beings, right? And, 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 and hard things happened. And I don't know. Maybe you have experienced hurt in church. Which I mean, I don't. I haven't met anyone that haven't experienced hurt in church, really. Like I have, you have, we all have. But we, I cannot allow the church, the hurt that I experienced at church at one time in my life, to not get planted, because the only one that's gonna lose is me in my potted environment. Woo! You know, and at some point, we're going to have to forgive, and we're going to have to let go, and we're going to grab our little tree, and we're going to say, I am planted here, and I forgive. Because, you know, we are humans. We are people, and, and we are going to offend each other, and we are going to hurt each other. We're going to insult at sometimes even without meaning. You know, but you know what real community does? We look at each other in the eye. We ask for forgiveness, and we move on, and we fight for relationships, and we fight for our family and we fight for our children and we fight for our marriages relationships don't come easy if you didn't know and if you are still very young and not even married let me tell you it's not easy that's why you need to be a good tree planted and have fruit you know so so whatever hurt i encourage you you need to let go of the hurt you need to be willing to forgive and like the same way jesus forgave us you know so we just have to give what we have given So, in reality, the Bible says, Forgive like I have forgiven you. So, I didn't plan to say this, but if you have a hard time forgiving, because I know sometimes we have a hard time forgiving, you know, just look at the cross and all the times He has forgiven you. Don't take, put your eyes on the cross. Sometimes, sometimes the struggle is real with forgiveness and resentment and all that. But I always put my, I force myself to look at the cross and say, look what he has, has done for me. So all the forgiveness that he has given me. I cannot do anything less but forgive and let go. Right. Another thing is that don't allow lead, pain to lead your life, excuse me. Don't allow pain to lead your life. You know, what do I mean by pain? Sometimes, you know, when we are going through hardship and hard and pain, we tend to isolate ourselves because we don't wanna deal with the pain or we don't wanna be telling people about our pain and we don't wanna be sharing our life, right? But that is where the, where that's when we become vulnerable and the enemy isolates us yep. and we become a target for the enemy. Yep. You know, it's something that I've learned is. Everything that we've been going through with my mom, all this hardship and all this pain, you know, there are many, many, many times that I was tempted to isolate myself and don't tell people what I was feeling. Really, like, I don't, you know, you don't have the energy to tell people your pain because it's so much. Because you don't want to repeat it. Yeah. And you don't want to repeat it again and repeat it again, you know. And and, you don't, and then, I don't know why we don't like crying in front of people. Have you thought about it? People start crying. It's like, I'm sorry I'm crying. I'm like, and, and I'm like, why? Are you, you should not be sorry. But then when I cry, I don't want people to see me crying. It's ridiculous. I don't know why we think this way. I don't know. But it's like, I don't want people to see me crying. I don't want people to see me. And it's not because I, they think I'm weak. I don't care. It's just the, the whole ordeal, you know? I don't, this is how, how I think. You probably you don't think like me, bro. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> but to me, it's like this whole ordeal of emotions. And now I, I'm, you know? But I remember like every time crossing to the church, I knew crossing the door, people were going to ask me how I was doing. And in the car, I was like, the enemy is like, you don't have to tell people how you feel. You don't, you know, people don't need to know. It's your family. It's private. People don't need to know, you know, some things you just keep it to yourself and it's your bottle. People don't have to fight your bottles. And I knew that was the enemy. Because the Holy Spirit was telling me, you go, you go and tell them, you go and tell them to pray for you. You go and tell them, you go and share your heart. I, I put people there for you, waiting for you to comfort you. So when I would cross the door and people will come, Liz, how's it going? I'm like, nah, you know, but then people will, be, will pray for me and then I will produce a fruit of peace in my life. And then I experience eating from love from people. And then I experience the comforting of the Holy Spirit literally moving tangibly, you know, with words of encouragement. I would eat encouragement from someone. I would eat love from someone. And I will eat healing from other people. And you know, this is what's all about. When you are planted in an orchard, when you are planted in a community, not only did you produce a crop, but in moments that you are weak, you get to eat from the fruit of other person. So all this keeping it to yourself, it is a lie of the enemy. It's nonsense. Because when, when, when we're going to, our roots are going to grow deep. And when we're really a community, we're going to sit down in a small e-group. And we're going to look at each other in the eye. You know, YouTube cannot give you what people can give you. Nowadays, people are so like, there's like an aversion against relationships, you know. Because they're painful at times, but they're so much worth it. Because I've heard, I mean, sometimes it crossed my mind. I'm kind of like a people-oriented person. I like to be around people. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to bother to be around people. I'm just going to YouTube it and see how can I do it. But before YouTube, I needed to call my grandma to ask her how to make this cake and have relationship. Does that make sense? But now it's like, oh, I can keep talking to her and saying hi to her and da da, And I'll just YouTube it. And unfortunately, like YouTube is like raising our kids. And our teenagers and our youth. But that's why we have the church, the most powerful institution on earth, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you and I can get part and can be part of this, but you need to get planted. You need to decide, I'm not going to be a potted fruit tree that goes here, that goes over there, and then that goes there, and really never produce fruit, never be part of the crop to feed hundreds of people. And you can be in this, you can be going to church forever and not be planted. And you wonder, wait, I don't don't produce fruit in my life. I don't see this. I don't see that. Because you're in a pot. (laughs) (laughs) So get out of the pot. Stop overanalyzing things. You, the tree, the, the Father, our God, the Almighty God, the Father... Take care of us. Yes. I never seen a tree going to the store and asking for fertilizers and this. But sometimes we, 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 we give too much power to ourselves. You know? So it does not matter how long you've been coming to this church. Are you planted? Are you trusting the gardener and the bees do their job?
0: That's what I'm talking about. I said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, you may want to write this down. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. It's good. Uh, it's good to be seated in rows like we are today, like a big meeting, a crowd, where we get to come and worship together and learn and all that. But circles. Where we actually have to, like Liz was saying, look each other in the eye, actually have relationship, actually engage with each other. That's where the most growth happens, and that's what sets us up to be fruitful. Circles are better than rows. So um, just as we kind of want to bring it home today, we're bringing this message home, and we're bringing the whole 2020 vision thing home today. What does this look like for us, So you guys with me for just a few more minutes? We've said it so many times. We say it pretty much every time. And you all know that our vision here at Encounter Church is helping people encounter God. And the way we do it, the way we do it is reach disciple and and revive we believe that God's put us here to help people encounter God to help we are our, our heart and our vision is every person in this city to have a meaningful encounter with Jesus and the way we believe God's called us to do it is to reach people to lead them into a relationship with Jesus disciple teach people how to follow Jesus and we believe that the result of reaching and discipling our city is revival okay And so this, I just want to basically break it down with this statement here. When a community of God's people reaches and disciples their city, revival is the result. When a community of people, not just one person, not the evangelist that blew in and blew out of town, right? But when a community in a city that's planted together, that's doing life together, that's being disciples together. When we as a community intentionally reach our city, lead people to Jesus, and disciple people, teach people how to follow Jesus, we believe That the biblical pattern, we see it happen right here in Acts chapter 2. Continue to read the rest of the book of Acts. Revival was the result. And we believe that revival, We I truly believe that a great time of revival is coming to all of Metro Atlanta. I believe that a great time of revival is coming to our city. And that God is going to use this community of people right here to reach people, to disciple them, and to see revival come as a result of it. Now, Revival was the result of, uh, of this cross-pollination that happened in, in Acts, right? They were reaching and discipling Jerusalem, and Jerusalem got rocked. Jerusalem got turned. Literally, even the non-believers said, these people are turning the whole world upside down, right? Because they lived their lives in, in community together for the purpose of reaching and discipling their city. And this is what it looked like, and this is how we're going to end today, all right? I ask you guys just bear with us a few more minutes. I'm going to give you the description. We just read it. And for this, just to make it a little bit uh, easier, could we just put back up there on the screen Acts, uh, our, our scripture from Acts chapter 2? This right here. This right here is a description of revival. And you guys, this is the church I see. This is the church I see us being. This is the church I see us becoming this is what it looks like you if you want to follow along there in your bulletin there's a 15 word description of what i really believe it looks like and i'm just going to quickly expound a little bit on what it looks like for us the first word is discipleship discipleship it says that they were devoted to the apostles teaching okay they were devoted to the apostles teaching they didn't just believe the words of jesus They were devoted to it. That's discipleship. But we also see that they weren't just devoted to the teaching. They were devoted to each other. Now, I don't believe this is in your bulletin. So if you want to write this, this is very important. You've heard it if you went to start class, all right? But discipleship is a combination of two very important things. You ready? Education and relationship discipleship is the combination of education and relationship what do I mean by that education learning right we can't truly follow Jesus unless we learn the word of God it's important to be taught the word of God to learn the word of God together but discipleship doesn't happen by just learning it happens as we learn in the context of relationships with one another so for true discipleship to happen, as it's, we see it happening here in Acts, there's got to be both learning and relationship. The second word, what does it look like to see true revival? In fe- it's fellowship. Fellowship. It says there that they were devoted specifically to fellowship. What is fellowship? Better word is, I guess, probably Friendship. In order to have fellowship with somebody, you need to spend time with them, right? So they didn't just, oh, we're just a bunch of believers going about our own business. No, they live life together. They were friends and they spent time together. And the third one there, this is a big part of fellowship, and it's definitely a big part of our fellowship. And that is, Acts chapter 2 says that they ate together. They shared meals together. How many of you like that part of fellowship? Yes, that's quite possibly my favorite part of fellowship. Eating together. And we're pretty good at that, but we're going to get even better. we got some good cooks in Encounter Church. And we got some others that are good at buying food and opening, opening our homes to host each other. Back up in Acts chapter 2. There, I believe it's still verse 42 or 43. It says that not only were they devoted to fellowship and eating together, but they were devoted together to prayer. Prayer. It actually says prayers, right? That's why we have multiple prayer meetings here. We believe that we don't just pray on our own. We, we have our own personal prayer life with God, but it's so powerful when we come together as a community and pray together. And you know we are devoted here at Encounter Church to prayer. We have Tuesday prayer, Wednesday prayer, Thursday prayer, Friday prayer, Saturday prayer, and Sunday we pray together here, right? And then Wednesday night is a very extra special time of prayer. We don't just pray, we worship. There's, you know, the, the prophetic and the gifts of the spirit and all that. We really, really believe in being devoted to prayer like we see here in the book of Acts. That's what this community did. And then it also says, um, it says that, number five, that holy awe came on them. Number five, it says an awe came upon every soul. What is awe? It's not awe. What is awe? Yeah, like, whoa. You know, when I think, you know awesome that's where you get awesome from ah right it's when you step back and go wow you know they it has to do with tangibly literally experiencing the real presence of god not as an idea or a religion but that truly god is among us and moving among us and doing great things where we step back and go wow how awesome God is. It has to do with respecting God's presence. Valuing and respecting God's presence. And that's the type of community we are in Counter Church, right? Yes. All right, the next one it says, uh, I just put supernatural, okay? The next thing it says is that the apostles performed a few miracles. It says the apostles performed Many miracles and wonders and signs, right? Many, if you keep reading in the book of Acts, many, many, many people are healed and set free supernaturally by the power of God. And you guys, we are a supernatural church. We've seen people miraculously healed before and we're going to continue to see it. We're going to see it even more and more. You guys, I believe that we're going to see greater healings I believe we're going to see creative miracles happen. I believe that we're going to see people that have been told your condition is chronic and it'll never go away. In an instant, they're healed miraculously by the power of God. That's who we are. But this happens in the context of a community that's devoted together to this. Supernatural things happen. The seventh thing there is unity. It says... That they were basically all in it together, right? Their hearts were knit together. They were in harmony with one another. They weren't divided. Well, I think this, and you think that, and I like it this way, and you like it that way. And, you know, no, it says they were together. Literally, they laid down their differences because we already talked about how different they were. How diverse this crowd of people would have been in Acts chapter 2. They even spoke different languages. Not to mention the different tones of skin. Not to mention that they came from all different regions. So they probably liked different food. And they probably did different, had all kinds of different um, customs and stuff. They would have laid it down to be together. Rather than criticizing one another for differences. They celebrated their differences because it made them a strong community. And I believe in counter-church, we're called to be a church that is united in harmony with one another. Number eight, generosity. In other words, they took care of each other. And I am so thankful for this family right here because we take care of each other. We really do. And I think we're going to get even better at it. But let me tell you something. It was easy to take care of each other when there was just 20 of us. That was easy. That was, that was easy. Then when there became 50 of us, we needed more help. We needed everybody to kind of step it up. Now that there's like 150 of us, you guys, imagine the day when there's 200, 300, 500 of us. We need to maintain this trait, and that is we take care of each other. There were at least 3,200 people in this, this community And they all took care of each other. Literally, it says that they took care of each other so much that they generously sold their assets and their stuff and gave to the people that were in need. And I believe that's the kind of church God's called us to be. We're going to take care of each other. Turn to somebody and be careful now, but say, I'm going to take care of you. Now tell them, I'm going to take care of you too. Number nine, number nine, I just call them big meetings. Big meetings. It says that they met together constantly in the temple courts. What were the temple courts? Kind of like a public Uh, In the Jewish culture, the temple courts weren't what we would typically think of as a closed church building. It was an open area, kind of a public area, where people gathered to worship. And it was even at some point like a marketplace, okay? It said that they gathered together in the temple. That would have been their big meetings, you know, what we call Sunday church, right? But then it says number, uh, I have their number 10. I called them, just to go with last week, oikos meetings, now, if you weren't here last week, you say, "Oh, what meeting? Oikos. It just means a small group, right? Small group meetings. Why do we have e-groups in homes, in offices, in coffee shops? We have a slew of small group meetings that this is our big meeting, right, that's getting bigger and bigger, and we're looking for a bigger building. Come on, somebody, and pray, All right. <laughs> We need a bigger building, with, especially with more room for them kiddos back there, okay? Yes. But <laughs> all the parents and kids' teachers that are in the crowd are like. And this is awesome and powerful. But, y'all, again, this is Rose. If you aren't, listen, I'm not going to force it on you. I'm not going to condemn you if you don't. But if you're not in an e-group, I encourage you. I invite you. Get into an e-group. Said I hadn't found the one for me. Well, you know what? Just find one. Just get planted somewhere like Liz was saying. Okay? Get into a small group so that you can enjoy the relationship that is necessary to be a true disciple of Jesus. So that, you, so that we can feed on each other and support each other. Get in a small group. You say, I don't have one. I want to have one. I have a home that I can, I don't... I don't know how to lead a small group, but I have a house. You can have one at my house. Talk to us. We need more places for small groups to happen, right? Five more. Let's go quick. Number 11. I'm just going to say this. The people of God should be the happiest people on the planet times a 1,000. You know God is happy? Some people don't think he's happy. He hates sin and what it does to us because he loves us. But God is happy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't know about you, but I want to be strong. And according to the Bible, in order to be strong, I need to be happy. And listen, there's nothing more joyful than a move of God like we're reading about. To be part of a move of God where the presence of God is real, where people are being healed and being set free, where people are going from darkness to light, where people's lives are being turned around on a daily basis. There's nothing that brings greater joy than that. And then that produced number 12, praise. Praise, man. I love Encounter Church because we are a praising church. Praise him. Praise him, baby. I'll just say this, two weeks ago when Pastor Joel was here and Pastor Amy, I said, give me your feedback, and they said, you guys have a lot of freedom, liberty in the atmosphere, and it has so much to do with how good you guys are at it praising God. There's a lot of praise in the atmosphere. You can feel that Encounter Church has a lot of praise, and y'all, it's got to get even more and more, right? We're going to keep being a people of Praise. I'm still the one that dances the most up in here. Y'all ain't never going to beat me on that one. Number 13, it says that they had favor. Favor with all the people. Now, basically what this means is that God was moving in such a powerful way, and they were living their lives in such a way, shining the light of Jesus, that the city literally had a good... They had a good reputation in the city, right? They they were well thought of. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't have enemies, because keep reading, there were enemies. There were people that hated and martyred Christians. But for the most part, the people of God were looked at with favor because of the way they lived their life in a community like this. And I believe God is going to give us favor in our city so that we can reach our city better, amen? Number 14, Again, I said this is my favorite part. Let's just go back one more time to the scripture there. The last part of it says, and the Lord added daily those who were coming to life. The Lord kept adding to their number daily. I believe, come on, this is, we're about to close this. I believe we're gonna see this, this day come to where every single day, because of the way God is moving in us and among us and the way we're doing community together the way we're living life together as disciples a powerful community a vibrant community of disciples of Jesus in our city I believe the day's going to come where every single day people are going to get saved where every single day people are going to encounter Jesus not just once a week at e-group not just Sunday, not just when we have an outreach. No, we're every every day, by the way we live, by the way we're being disciples together in community, people are going to be added daily to the kingdom of God. And number 15, it's just what we call this thing, revival, right? That's revival. If you were ever wondered what revival is, it's not a series of meetings. It's not when we just go to church a bunch. It's not when we have a special guest speaker. Revival is what we just read about. It's a move of God that changes a city and that brings many people into the kingdom of God. Who wants to be a part of a revival like that? Just as we close, I have a question for you. Are you a loner hoping to survive? or are you benefiting from cross-pollination are you a loner just trying to do this thing isolated kind of your own way or are you are you receiving the benefits of community we are a community and you are invited in if you don't feel like you're planted yet if you don't feel like you're connected yet You can make that decision today. You are invited in. Everybody's welcome into this community. You're welcome. You're invited into revival. But first, first, you are invited to be saved.